In a world of uncertainty, one thing is for sure. Cancer doesn't stop during a global crisis. On Saturday, June 13th, the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society will host a trailblazing event, Big Virtual Climb, sponsored by AbbVie, to support their investment in groundbreaking research to advance blood cancer cures and its first-in-class patient education and services, including financial support and clinical trial navigation. Step up to take cancer down by climbing 61 floors or 1,762 steps. Inside or outside, on stairs, on the road, or your treadmill, climb your way. Join them for an opening ceremony and then take on your climb with their heart-pumping playlist. Join them on June 13th from coast to coast as they come together to climb, conquer, cure. Register at lls.org slash bigclimb. All right, hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Buffalo Beat. Thank you all for for joining us. My name is Joe Biscalia. With me, as always, is my co-host Matthew Fairburn. However, you are joining us, whether it's on the Athletic Podcast Network or on any one of the free avenues—iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, anything like that—we appreciate you listening to us in this extended off season. Now, of course, usually we love getting into football sides of things and and everything along those lines but with the overall temperature of what's happening in the country and how much the ideas of racial inequality police brutality have intersected with sports it would at least in my mind be a little fruitless for us to just ignore that fact by any means and and really address it because each team has really put themselves out there and and addressed or at least most of them have anyway um head coaches have been talking about it throughout the league the the whole Drew Brees saga happened yesterday and and he was not the most popular of people um, throughout the league, and it all kind of intersects to what the so to what is happening. And I know this episode isn't going to be everybody's cup of tea. So if you need to, if you need to say, okay, guys, I'll just see you next week, do so. But I wouldn't feel right. I don't know about you, Matthew. I wouldn't feel right going on just talking about football and the roster went without acknowledging that there is a real problem out there yeah it's hard to ignore um kind of irresponsible to do so i I think you see a lot of people um a lot more people joining the conversation which i think is um a positive sign but it's especially especially in a time when um you know, the the stick to sports crowd is always a funny crowd anyways, but it's especially funny when there's no sports. Uh, mm-hmm. And this is sports are always inter, intertwined with society and culture and bigger issues. And uh, that's never been more more true than it is right now with a lot of, um, you know, like you said, a lot of teams, uh, coaches, players getting involved in this this conversation and um it's it, you can't ignore it because 
they're in a good in a way it's good that we don't have sports to distract us because um, mm-hmm. everybody's paying attention um, to bigger issues that that really matter yeah 100 percent. and of course it does um, intersect with the bills and right before we started recording uh, their fifth round draft pick Jake Fromm put out a statement after a a couple of text messages were released from someone he knew from last year. And Jake Fromm was seen um, using the term elite white people. Uh, and uh, he went and put the uh, the statement out there that said, I'm extremely sorry that I chose to use the words, quote, elite white people in a text message conversation, although I never meant to imply that I am an, quote, elite white person, as stated later in the conversation. There's no excuse for that word choice and sentiment. While it was poor, my heart is not now more than ever is the time for support and togetherness. And I stand against racism 100%. I promise to commit myself to being a part of the solution in this country. I address my teammates and coaches in a team meeting today, and I hope they see this incident is not representative of the person I am. Again, I'm truly sorry for my words and actions and humbly ask for forgiveness. Now, the uh, it's, it's an incredibly complex issue, of course, but the, the whole crux of the matter is that sort of line of thinking is where people have a problem and people should have a problem. And was it a mistake that he's really, he's really uh, regretting? Absolutely. At this point, based on the statement, but it's also quite possibly it could, I guess, cost him his job. um, If, if there's an outright uh, lack of support for him and his apology. And if people, more or less don't um, see things the way he sees it and how he's uh, and, and more or less how he how uncomfortable he makes people by what he said even if it was just last year it's it's a very complex situation and and one that kind of intersects with some of the things that Sean McDermott spoke about yesterday of course he was asked about Everything, everything that's going on in the country and certainly how he addressed it within his locker room and how his players felt and how he's trying to support and have everybody. His main message was have everyone or uh, he wants to support things with um, let's let me go back and find it exactly. Uh I'm a big believer in doing things right. And I'm a big believer in loving one another and how he now handles this situation is going to be huge in the eyes of his players. How the bills handle this situation is going to be huge in the eyes of the entire locker room. And it's a, it's a pretty pressing moment, I think for, for Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean. Yeah, it's, it's not, you know, it's not just the the phrase that he used. The context he used it in was in talking about guns and saying that they need to make guns more expensive, so expensive that mm-hmm. only elite white people can afford them, um, mm-hmm. which is really just an awful, awful sentiment that kind of 
plays into a lot of the problems that that we're seeing Mm -hmm. and i think what what gets me about uh, bo wolf wrote about this over um he's the eagles writer for the athletic and he wrote about how very few teams in their their statements are are using the term are talking about the police right and that's you know something that that I noticed yesterday. Um, you know, Sean McDermott didn't use the words "black people." He didn't use the word "racism." He didn't use the word "police" or "police brutality." Mm-hmm. Um, he only he didn't use George Floyd's name and only spoke about that when asked directly by Marcel Louis Jacques what his response was when he saw the video of George Floyd being murdered. So. I think there's a tendency for some of the messaging to get lost um, for some of these teams and coaches and players to dance around the issue a little bit. And I'm, I'm not saying I am, I'm not the arbiter of, of what's the right and wrong way to address these things. And and Mm. there's probably a lot I can do better. Um, I think there's a lot, all of us can do better for, um, to, to advocate for, for black people and for black lives and for, for them to be treated fairly um, by law enforcement and others. But uh, as a coach, as a leader of a roster made up of predominantly black men, um, as a leader of, as a, a role model and a spokesperson for a team that has a fan, a, a, you know, fans, many of whom are, are black, you have a, you bear a certain responsibility. Um, and I think you can see as time has gone on, as the, the week has gone on, I mean, every, it seems like every company, every team, many players have released statements and they're not all equal. Um, and some of them feel like they're checking a box and, Mm -hmm. and that's, that's not enough either. Um, and, and so, I think, you know, when you see a, a text exchange like like the one Jake Fromm had, it, it really underscores how how real of an issue this is and how some people don't understand. And then you see what happened in, you know, with Drew Brees, um, you know, and and the response to what he said, still so much of the messaging gets lost. Um, mm-hmm. Still, we see arguments over Colin Kaepernick and the term anthem protest thrown out as if Kaepernick and everybody else that, that was kneeling for the anthem was, was protesting the anthem or the flag when it was never about that. And it was about police brutality. And a lot of that messaging gets lost. And, um, that's where I think the, the volume of, of voices, or I guess the, the better phrase would be the number of voices, but also the volume. Um, because you know, the, you have to, there has to be a lot of people speaking and the, and you know, they have to speak loudly, mm-hmm. um, is, is a lot different this time around. And, and hopefully that's, that's constructive, but it is a very real issue that, that these teams now have to navigate because you even think about, you know, Drew Brees pissed off a lot of his teammates, mm-hmm. um, with what he said yesterday. I'm sure Jake Fromm did the same, um, when, 
that that text exchange was released. And I don't know what players think of um, everything Sean McDermott has said or how he's handled it. I know he's well-respected in that locker room and has established a strong culture uh, of trust and, and things of that nature. But people are paying a lot of attention to, to the words you use and the things, the actions that you take and the things that you do. And I think it's very important how you choose your words and, and what you, um, what you say and being intentional about it and mm-hmm. making it a conversation that extends beyond this week, uh, and, and right. turns into action and, um, and, and all, all of those things. So, um, I don't really know how to wrap up that thought, but no. um, it's there. There's just a lot. It's it's in a, in ways you're right. It's a the issue of criminal justice reform, police reform. Um, all those things are certainly complex. In a lot, and in, in another way, this issue is so easy. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like it's right or wrong. It's not left or right it's not political it's it's treating humans like humans exactly it's racism is 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 evil and if you're Mm -hmm. quiet about it or supporting it in any way then you become part of the problem and Mm -hmm. uh, i think listening and and recognizing where we can be better is important for everybody not just football coaches football players but but us uh in the media everybody as you know humans as brothers sisters mothers fathers like everybody needs to be needs to be better for for our fellow americans and our our fellow fellow human beings well said um i think it's really important i mean in the way that you termed it was kind of perfect the way that you know it kind, it kind of almost feels like it was ticking a box for people just to say oh i said something but i think it is important to voice yourself and and to make sure you're having conversations with your loved ones with people progressive and good conversations with people but additionally maybe even more important than anything it's you need to listen you need to learn because as a white man that's 33 years old, I don't have the experiences that black people do. I mean, it would be quite silly for me to even begin to try and understand just on a day-to-day what it's like. And that, that I think, is part of the learning possibility with, with, all, with all of this. And it's, and I won't lie, like I, I, I struggled when everything was happening and the protest began, like I, I just wanted to kind of think about everything and just hear from people and, and hear everyone's point of view. And it's just so in, in ways it's so, I guess, heartwarming the way that people have come together while also infuriating that there's still such a resistance. And I think that's part of the, part of the reason why this is such an issue that needs to be addressed immediately it needs to be um it needs to be top of mind always and the fact that everyone's still stuck in their homes and the fact that 
everyone is still without sports, basically, unless you watch the stuff over in Europe. It forces people to think about that, which is good. And I think as a microcosm of that, a sports team, especially like the Bills, now that they have an individual situation on their hands with with Jake Fromm using what uh, what he will always re- term regrettable language, um, it's it's very I I'm struggling with words because it's it's not a usual situation that that we have spoken about in the past and you know I think that's that's something that needs to change moving forward and obviously with everything that's gone on in the world it's it's going to and that's going to be for the better but for Jake Fromm and with the Bills and Sean McDermott how they bring that situation together try and unite the team because that was a big thing with what McDermott was talking about yesterday talking about unify need to uh come together as a country, unify, and all of these different things. But now it's an issue within his 88-person locker room. And from from here on out, they have to really be empathetic for everyone's situations and, and continue to push the ideas that racial inequality is a thing, the Black Lives Matter movement is incredibly important. And now what do you do with Jake Fromm? Like, it's not it's not just like uh it's not just like a, a random DUI that that uh, Ed Oliver got. It's this is a this is a big hot button issue. As it how should do you, be. How do you lead your team as a quarterback? Yes. You know, how and I had the same question has gone through my mind about Drew Brees. How do you, how do you, you know, lead your team? Uh, you know, how do you get guys to follow you um, when you've, you know, when you've disrespected a, a lot of your teammates mm-hmm. in the way that and and spread hate in some ways? Um, the way that you know, certainly Jake Fromm did here, uh, and. Mm-hmm. It's not impossible to come back from. It's not impossible to grow and to learn and to be better. Uh, I think that's what a lot of these conversations are about. But it's also, you know, I, I certainly can understand what you were trying to put into words there about not necessarily knowing when all this started. What do you say? When do you say it? How do you yeah. say it? Um, it feels self-serving in a way. Like, oh, let me tweet something so then I can feel like I've done my part and I can feel better about myself and move on right Mm -hmm. and i think that's there's no better example of our privilege than that that the privilege we have is our problem is figuring out how to say how to say something or what to say or whether we should say it Mm -hmm. um that's like the definition of privilege you know um because the issues don't touch us in our day-to-day lives uh, the way that they do, uh, black people in this country, they don't, you know, the, we can, and probably have more often than we should, or speaking for myself, which is what I tried to underscore as much as I can. When I, I mentioned what I mentioned about Sean McDermott is a, a 
you know, look in the mirror as much as I can as well is that, mm-hmm. you know, there's probably times it's, it's so easy to, to stay quiet. Right. Like it's, and on a lot of things, it's usually the right thing to do, um, in, in our jobs because, um, you're not trying to invite controversy or, you know, various things that, that happen on Twitter. Um, right. You never and, want to be the story in, in and, our, and, in our jobs. That's, and, that's the thing. Yeah. And so much of, what we do, I, I a lot of times don't feel qualified to speak on certain things uh, right. as an authority and don't want to, just don't want to, to dive into the, that area. But this is different. Like I said, this is not mm-hmm. left or right. This It doesn't matter who you vote for. Although uh, maybe I take that back. I think it probably does matter who you vote for in this case, um, given some of the behavior of the president over the last couple of weeks and some of the language that he's used as well. But it's not really a left or right thing for me, and it's not about contra- – and maybe it is controversial for some people, but if it is, then, you know, you need to, to think about why that is, you know, why it mm-hmm. why it should be controversial to, to stand up for black people and to try to stand up for what's right. And uh, it's, like I said, a, a privileged place to be in for us. It's a privileged place to be in for Sean McDermott, for mm-hmm. for any white person in this country to have to to think about how to say something. Um, if that's your biggest problem, then then that's a great predicament to have, right? And mm-hmm. there's a lot more that we can do with, with donating money or donating time to causes, or like you said, simply having these conversations with people in your life on a micro level. There's mm-hmm. micro things you can do, macro things you can do, um, but it is something that this, this off season, just there's, there's a lot that a lot of, uh, different, um, roadblocks to bringing a team together. Um, and mm-hmm. it's complicated and it's, it's going to be interesting to see which teams emerge from this stronger. Um, there's no question that some teams and some, uh, coaches and players have done a far better job than others, uh, in the last few days. But I think how, how we all move forward and, and kind of act not just now, but, but in the weeks, months and years to come is, mm-hmm. is what will really matter. Yeah. Be more than just saying something on any one of the social media platforms one day right. po- and then, posting a, a black yeah. square and yeah. feeling like that, you know, helps some of your, your guilt or the right. emotions. It's more know, than that, that. feeling. It's, and like I said, that I've had a lot of those same thoughts and I, I think, you know, I've read a lot of same. Um, different, different things and, um, different ways to, to be a better ally. But, um, I've tried a lot to, to amplify some voices of um, reporters and, and journalists and colleagues um, who I respect and mm-hmm. whose viewpoints I respect, and um, that's a start. But but there's there's a long way to go in the conversation and, and right. the action that comes afterwards. Yeah, there. That's a, another way to have a voice is to trumpet the voices of the people that have experienced these situations. And that's, I think that that's kind of where I started as well. Like, I mean, after really just, you know, being self-aware, thinking about it, every, everything. And, um, I think that that's an important step to continue to 
just learn from people. Just listen to people. Don't be the loudest one in the room if you haven't been there, quite frankly. And I think that's that's a, that's a, that's a big part to this. But going back to um, the from leadership perspective, I mean, now it, we it's very looking very likely that teams aren't going to be back with each other up until the point in which training camp begins if if it happens on time and even if it does happen on time then that is a very small window to get to a get ready for a season and to b build camaraderie and in this case rebuild relationships that weren't even there to begin with because he's never met his teammates other than um, internet chats. I mean, this is this is going to be very difficult for Jake Fromm, I think. And I think you know the more the more I'm seeing on social media as as this story continues to kind of get out there is you know people are saying cut Jake Fromm, no excuses, and it would be very very simple a very simple step and a powerful message from the bills but it again it's it's a it's a difficult thing for them to navigate right now and figuring out what is the best course to take there's no easy answer there at least from their perspective and now it's a matter of what do you do that is best for everyone here and what what do you do that is best for the the people that he so clearly offended with that and just just to put this out there there haven't been any teammates that have chimed in on this whatsoever i'm going through the uh i'm going through the player twitter list that the buffalo bills compile and they're isn't a single player that has chimed in at least on twitter i haven't checked instagram or anything like that to jake from specifically yes to jake from specifically there i don't believe there were any comments from uh from any of the players about anything sean mcdermott had to say yesterday or how they've been handling things but i would be hard pressed especially with the reaction to drew Brees, basically on a macro level of the entire NFL, retired players, um, I would be very hard-pressed to think that Jake Fromm didn't offend anyone inside his own locker room. Yeah, I mean, I, how could he not um, right. Right. with a statement like that? And how much he offended people or who he offended might not even matter as much as the simple fact that how are they going to look at him now? Yep, right. This guy that they've never met, Yep. Uh, this guy that, you know— comes from a a a privileged background um how are they going to look at him when he when they know that he says stuff like that in private conversations probably not great that probably isn't just you know the 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 black players in the room it's probably the the white players too so Mm -hmm. or or at least some of them uh, maybe not all of them but it's it's it becomes a, a much more it's even more difficult I think than what Josh Allen had to do with when his tweets came out before mm-hmm. the draft and mm-hmm. um, I think it's it's a different situation entirely and 
he was already in a tough situation as a rookie quarterback, fifth round pick, not getting a, you know, a spring in terms of, um, you know, fighting for a roster spot. But now you're, you're talking about, you know, is this guy, who's going to respect him in there? It's mm-hmm. going to take a lot of work for him to, to, to win that back in a short period of time. And like you said, I, I think how the team handles it is important too. Um, mm-hmm. and, and become very much becomes, um, something that they have to address. And again, not something that, that they think, think about when you, you know, you're climbing the ladder to become a head coach. These aren't the, the things that you necessarily think about, but they come with the job. And, uh, again, even those being your problems, even Jake Fromm's problem being, how am I going to win these guys over? How am I going to get a roster spot? All very privileged problems compared to, to what we're talking about. Yeah. And honestly, I mean, if, if that's the, if that's something that hasn't really been considered, like, you know, you don't, you don't think about how you'd have to handle the, those type of situations if you're, if you're a head coach, well, it should, it should be because this is a, an important issue throughout the nation, throughout the world. And now it's just the biggest issue going, which is why everyone has kind of felt the need to address it. I'm so glad you brought up the the Bo Wolf article because I, I was planning on doing so as well. The the whole notion that there's there's I guess this hesitance to really kind of put a full view on what's happening and, and the reason for for all of it behind there. Police brutality is one of the biggest reasons why we're seeing what we're seeing right now. The death of George Floyd is was a catalyst to this movement throughout the country. And now teams have kind of alluded to it. The the kind of the, the kind of the buzz term has been uh Systemic racism, I believe, is how they've been kind of skirting the whole idea of not putting police in their statements and everything like that. But I think that's it's a mistake, I think, and kind of, you know, just kind of eye roll territory because that that's not the issue at hand. And I know it's much deeper than that. And we have to attack racism as a whole on a macro level and and figure out how each one of us can be better but i think the fact that coaches are now thinking about it more than ever is good a little bit late but it's a good thing i mean the bills at least had sean mcdermott talk about you know wanting to unify everybody and and you know loving one another all of these different things it's good that he didn't do what Vic Fangio did in Denver and say that racism doesn't exist in the NFL. So at least right. that's that's a good thing. But but still, forcing head coaches to think about this is probably part of the issue in the first place um, that, that everyone is so rightfully trying to protest here. Yeah, I think... You know, and that's where it's, it's it becomes tricky. Like, not everybody is going to step in it the way that Vic Fangio stepped in it, or the way right. Drew Brees stepped in it, or the way Jake Fromm stepped in it, to the point where it's so obvious and easy to criticize those guys, right? Yes, I mean, yes. Um, and but t- 
too many are saying things that are really hard to argue with, but also not addressing the issues. You know, mm-hmm. love, loving one another is not hard to argue with, but it doesn't address the issue. Um, and, you know, I, I think there's a lot of that in, in some of these these statements. And like I said, I, I'm not um, necessarily full of answers on what the statements mm-hmm. look like or uh, some of it feels self-serving um, mm-hmm. in, in a way, but at the same time, you know, there's a tremendous responsibility that comes with uh, the platform that these people have, and I think ignoring it, the NFL has its own issues. Um, mm-hmm. You look at what happened to Colin Kaepernick, um, which is, you know, obviously a a conversation that's been had over and over and over again, um, but. That's a guy that his original message was about police brutality and it got completely lost Mm -hmm. and um, it got it's sort of being lost again in some ways. And and that's the the shame is that uh, these messages are kind of getting muddled and, you know, people are more concerned about other aspects and, and moving the goalposts and straw man arguments. And they are about, you know, the issues that that these uh, people are trying to talk about and you can't I mean the Rooney rule is another um, example uh, I mean just look at how minorities and and black coaches are represented um, across the league uh, it's not great um, spoiler alert uh, it's not great in front offices um, mm-hmm. so there's you know I think it's easy for people in football to say, things like racism doesn't exist in football because they look around and they, they see people from all different backgrounds, uh, and in a way that that's good, but, um, still there's far too many in people, too many people in places of power. Um, there's not enough representation there. Um, mm-hmm. there's, there's, you know, and the way the NFL league wide has handled some things ha- has certainly been questionable. And you saw the backlash to their statement. Um, you know, the, for, for them to release a statement after everything that happened with Colin Kaepernick and for them requiring players to stand for the anthem or stay in the locker room, um, it's it's tough to, to really take their statement seriously. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's been a, a tough week in a, in a lot of ways because of that. And I can't imagine how tough it's been for, for black people in this country. Yeah, well said. I think the NFL needs to do a lot of listening and learning right now and see, and they have the benefit of being the, the, the last of the leagues, unless baseball doesn't get their stuff together and they, they don't play. Um, the last of the leagues to have games and how they handle what should be a, a very, I guess, powerful statement that should be accepted the way that the way that it should have been back when Colin Kaepernick was trying to make his statements about um, police brutality, and that was the whole reason for for kneeling during the anthem. The fact that it became what it did was sur- sur- superfluous to what it should have been at it, at its core issue, and so now the NFL needs to really just listen learn listen to their players listen to the 
to what's going on around the nation and figuring out an appropriate response that will support all of their athletes, all of the people involved with their organization, and all of the people that have felt like, you know what, I haven't been treated fairly. And that's that's going to be a huge thing for them moving forward. You know, the the Black Lives Matter movement is incredibly important. And, you know, I stand with with everyone doing what they're doing. And now it's just a matter of trying to find ways to change it. And I think with the voice that the NFL has and the attention that the NFL has, it is a huge opportunity for them to do good things for the nation and for black people who have been fighting for equality for forever. So I think I think this is a very important next few months for the NFL. I think they need to make Ben and Jerry's a primary sponsor. I agree. After that statement, that was uh, golly. Talk that... About, we've talked a lot about statements that are are toeing the line. Uh, if you haven't already, go check out the the statement Ben and Jerry's put out. You wouldn't necessarily think an ice cream company would be the uh, the one setting the standard, but but they did. They did. They very much did. They most certainly did. All right. Well, um, we actually have a press conference uh, happening with uh, Bills defensive coordinator Leslie Frazier in about five minutes. So we're going to go participate in that. But we appreciate all of you listening, tweeting, all of those different things. We know it is not a comfortable conversation, but it's an important one. And I really appreciate you all listening and being willing to listen throughout throughout all of this because it's it's important to the future of our country to to figure out where we go from here, how we do it, how we support one another, how and to take McDermott's term, how we love one another and how to fight for the equality of black people everywhere. And that's that's that has to be the the foremost thing from from this point forward and you know, it's something I'm I'm going to strive to listen and learn about and and you know try and do something about about it but you know it i think a lot of this is about listening learning and acting and having those conversations with with your loved ones and everything along those lines just make progress on a day-to-day basis i think that's that's the whole basis of this thing yeah and i think more people seem willing to engage in civil conversation Mm -hmm. and seem willing to engage on these topics than um I've noticed in the past, and I hope that continues to be the trend. I thank everyone who's um, who's been that way, and um, who will continue to be that way. And, and hopefully, um, that's a sign of of some things to come. But mm-hmm. uh, much work, much work to be done. Um, that's for sure. Indeed. All right, so uh, that will do it for us on uh, this episode of the Buffalo Beat. We thank you all for listening. We will be back this time next week, and uh, we uh, we will talk to you then. So for Matthew Fairburn, my name is Joe Piscalia. Take care, and uh, talk to you next week.